Welcome, everyone. This is the Jubilee Church of Camarillo, California, and the Men's Inheritance here on Saturday morning. And we're going to worship the Lord. Let's stand up. This is a song that we're going to just enter his presence right now. Nothing better than just to be with him, right? Nothing better.
Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We're so thankful that we're here, but we're more thankful that we're saved. Your wonderful Holy Spirit has blessed all of us in more than, more than one way, many, many times. You've never let us down. You've never left us. You've never forsaken us. I pray that you speak to every man here today and those online about rededicating their life to you and remembering Calvary. That's what this song is all about, Father, and you know that. You gave it to me to tell these men that Calvary is the most important thing in their life. Return to Calvary. Give your life to the Lord again and see what he can do. In Jesus' name. Eternally. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I got the wrong track here. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, the band stopped playing, but they're back. They're back. The band's back. <laughs> coffee break. Amen. Yeah, That's all right. My fault. It's okay. Go ahead, everybody. Let's start praising. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, so much. Praise you for your presence. Praise you for your presence. You are so wonderful. We can never repay what you do for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He paid it all 
Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for what he's done for us, his willingness. 
Praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Now let's think about the next big step that God did for us. He raised his son because we were all justified at that completion of that conclusion of that sacrifice. And Lord, we thank you that you are raised and seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. And we are not worshiping in a fiery uh, pattern of life, uh, principles of life. We are worshiping a man who is God, one who is seated at the right hand. We worship all of the provision in Jesus Christ, which includes resurrection and the ascension and now the high priestly intercession. So thank you. No wonder we can't lose. Praise you. No wonder we can't not come to our fulfillment. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. It's great to see every man here. Before you get seated, go find about three or four, especially ones you don't haven't met or had breakfast with, and say hello and welcome. And I'll say hi to everyone online. Listen, it's so good to be with you. And if there's a couple of women online, that's totally cool. Cami watches because there's a dynamic of our speaking as men to men that often unlocks a truce in, in the spirit because of this, this posture of the atoms and being together. And yeah, it, it affects women in a positive fashion. So you're welcome to tell your friends, they can all watch. It's just here in this sanctuary, we're just all men and it's, it's so cool to be here. We had the best breakfast, I tell you. Um, I kind of look forward just to breakfast. In fact, that's probably becoming more and more a call, but it's so good to be together. And now we're going to be in the spirit. We're going to spend time in uh, testimony. Uh, Brian Rogers has got a word he's going to share. And then I've got uh, uh, something that just exploded of, of inheritance this morning and was demonstrated in two di three different ways. So I know it's a word of the Lord, and we'll get that in, and then we'll be all done way before 10, Lord willing. So God bless. Thank you for being here. Yay, yay. All right, man, now we got to come back in and get going because I want us to have, I'd like to see us out of here by 9.30, but I promise you'll be out of here by 10. So what we are doing, and Brian is going to share in a few moments what we want to do this morning. You can all be seated. We want to have a chance for testimonies where the Lord is. Brian, you might need to turn that mic on when it gets started. But um, amen. First, can you... Thank God for those ladies cooking. Yeah, I mean, thank you. Wow. I mean, it's worth just coming for the breakfast. You couldn't find a good breakfast anywhere in the county, right? It's great if you're looking for eggs, bacon. <laughs> Who isn't? Yeah. We're free, right? We can eat bacon. All good. Anyway. We're going to have some testimonies. Where, what's God doing with you in your time of prayer, the five hours a week, one, one hour a day, five days a week? Bring my heart, my believing heart, and I bring my speaking mouths, and I give God that hour, and then I take his living word, and I have it with Holy Spirit partnering with me. And the two of these eternal truths, the word of God and the spirit of truth, begins to awaken a connection. And now that we have scripture readings that are, we're following after, we're in 2 Corinthians, it's, you don't even have to worry about where you should be in the Bible. It's already there. So if you've got testimonies to what God's doing with that for you, I would love for you to share because the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And when you explain, or you, when any of us ever tell the, the, to someone else, this is what the Lord's doing in my life in this 
what fashion, it multiplies that faith for others to go, wow, I can see that. I've already been impacted by the testimony of two men today, and I'll share that later at the end. But if I'd like to make room for that because I think that's really important, and Brian's going to share, and then we'll, we'll finish up. So anyone have a testimony to, for, concerning what's happening in your hour with the scripture reading that could help encourage or where you've hurt, met the Lord or struggle in it and what you think God's trying to do? Or is it too early or too much uh, eggs? Too much bacon. <laughs> what's that? Maybe it's too much bacon. Too much bacon. There you go. That says uh, bacon, right? Yeah, come on up. Come on, Mike. And yeah, you just just you all have to just walk up. We we'll we'll take make room for this right now. such a, a beautiful thing for us because I don't know if any of you know but <clears throat> this year has been kind of crazy for us like I got kicked out of the military because of a, a vaccine mandate and I uh, you know I had uh, just a lot of uh, you know job issues and um, you know kind of all these dreams that felt like God was putting the full force of heaven on us to crush us to nothing and uh, and um, you know, as, as Steve and, and many people in this church know, you can't have a resurrection without death. And, um, and I, I feel like the Lord um, has been imparting to us new dreams and new purpose in this season, but it really comes from uh, a place of brokenness and humility in Him. And, um, and through that, like, um, God has, like, really just kind of been restoring to us, like, what that means to be a son. And um, um, one of the things that he's been showing me lately is um, to kind of like press in, like when you're in prayer and you're, and you don't just like pray and request things to God, like, you know, that kind of thing, but like really get to that place where there's that spiritual breakthrough in the prayer moment. So, um, you know, I love what Bill Johnson says. If He says, if you're just going to God, requesting things from him in your daily prayer, you're doing it wrong. You need to, like, go to God every morning saying, I am going to pray until I feel that breakthrough. And I know sometimes we, we deny, like, the feeling of things. Like, but press in with your faith to the Lord, and you will see that breakthrough. And one of the things that I know that is I've been asking the Lord to give me the gift of tears and um, in that, like, it's, it's, it's a sort of prayer. It's not like emotionalism, but it's a prayer that moves the heart of God. It moves his heart. It's, it's, a, it's I'm pressing in and I'm waiting for him 
until I move his heart. And um, we've just been doing that, and, and we've just seen a lot of breakthrough in our house with joy, with, with just the, the oil of joy that's on our house, with uh, even like some healings and deliverances and coming to the place of like, it's really restored our faith, our belief. Um, we, um, it was crazy. <laughs> I can keep going just a little bit. Go, go for um, it. Go for it. There, uh, there was a, a family reunion we went to recently, and um, uh, they, a couple of our family members had slandered us a little bit, um, and uh, so we we kind of for weeks before the reunion had been praying. My wife and I had because the two members who were really close to us had like said some things and. And we were just like, oh, man, you know, should we go in there? Should we confront them and stuff? And, and as we were praying, the Lord began to prod us. And, you know, as Steve always says, you know, can you remit the sin of others? He won't remit the sin of yours. And so um, the Lord began to show us, look, um, this, can, can you just let go of the offense? Can you let go of, of um, your pride in this moment? And can you just, like come to this place of brokenness and just receive them and and we were able to do that and we actually had like one of the biggest breakthroughs in our extended family uh in the last week and man it was just like the holy spirit just came there were like tears there were forgiveness there was there was like rest there was restoration and you know we've been fasting uh daily you know seems like for family members i truly believe that the prodigals are coming home. Yes. I truly believe that. And so, uh, you know, for those of you who are praying for the prodigals, you're staying. I have tons of prodigals on my family. You know, I've been a prodigal. And um, God, is, God is saying the time is, is coming. It's happening now. People that you've prayed for for years are going to be coming back to you. I believe that they are receiving dreams right now of the cross. They're receiving restoration. I have family members that from Christianity to Judaism and I believe that the Lord is like just highlighting the cross on their mind on a daily basis and so uh, I just speak that over everyone here who's believing that yeah, and believing for that and I just declare right now in the name uh, of Mike, Jesus. I just want to use I want to just because we got men that don't get to come here on Wednesdays yeah. and we practice a little simple thing which is a lot of uh, your body tells your mind what you're doing so we always testify, and then we always pray. We always release the testimony so it can multiply. But what we do, who have heard the testimonies, we stand up. Because what that does, it tells me, is it's receiving time. You know what I'm saying? We got in line, and we got our meal. So now, Mike, now that we're ready, yeah. now we're, we're, we're going to take it. We're going to receive it. Go for it. Oh, Jesus. Come right now. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come right now. I just pray right now that the oil of the Holy Spirit just washes over us all right now in Jesus' name. Wash over me, Lord. Right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. I pray, God, for a gift of brokenness over this body. I pray for a gift of tears to wash over this body, a gift of travail to come over this body where that Mary, when she, she stood in the room and she said, Lord, if you were only here, Lazarus would be raised from the dead. And it was in that moment that she broke the heart of the Savior and he wept. She moved the heart of God and she partnered with him in a resurrection moment. 
And so, Lord, right now, I pray right now that you would gift every man here with the gift of tears, the gift of travail, the gift of brokenness, that the things that we are crying out for, Lord, we would come into a daily agreement with you where we would move the heart of God. The heart of the Almighty would be moved, wow. Lord yes. Jesus. Yes. You would be stirred by our heart. You would be stirred by our cry. Right now, in Jesus' name, I declare that all of the prodigals that we have been believing for, that we've been crying out for, I just see in this room right now that there are sons who have fallen away. There are sons who have turned away and you've cried out for them. And the Lord is saying, your cries, I have heard your cries. And so right now in Jesus' name, I just declare that there is something new happening in this season. There is a new stirring in their hearts. The prodigals are beginning to wonder again. The prodigals are beginning to believe again. They're beginning to question again. And something that is happening right now. So right now in Jesus' name, we just declare that they are returning to you in Jesus' name. And we thank you, God. It's going to be a glorious return. It's going to be a wonderful return. We're going to open our arms to them. And we're, it's going to be as if there was never any, anything between us. It was going to be as if there was never any sin between us. They're going to come to us and say, I'm sorry, I ran away. I'm sorry. We're like, no, no, no. No, no, no. It's all forgiven. It's all done. Yes. Come home. Come home. And so, Lord, we just declare that over them in yes, Jesus' sir. name. Thank you. Amen. 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 Okay, you, you can be seated. Someone else, please. This is powerful. Yeah, Eddie, come on, please. God bless you, Mike, for sharing that. God bless you. Yesterday, I was going through some scriptures, one of the ones we've been going through together. And the Lord led me to listen to a testimony of what happened in, in Lachar, Scotland. The big revival that happened in the 19, early 1900s. And as I listened to the testimony of how people, the coal miner, began to give his life to the Lord. And he said, Lord, I, I want all of you. I want all of you. Bend me was a common term at the time. Bend me, Lord. Bend me, Lord. I found tears in my eyes as I walked up and down. I said, Lord, I want the same for me. <clears throat> I want to read you one of the scriptures we've gone before that has ministered to me greatly. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's the sequence here is that God deposits something in me or in you. And then there's great warfare over what God has deposited. And when we persevere, we triumph. Because what God has put in us guarantees victory in our individual lives. Second Corinthians chapter 4. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. That's an impossible thing. Light does not shine out of darkness unless God commands it. Who are shown in our hearts, my darkened hearts, the same impossibility to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
Now I walked around there meditating over that for a while because it was more than my mind could grasp, but my faith, like Pastor Steve has taught us, I had to receive it as true. For we have this treasure in the earthly vessels that the excellence of the power may not be of God, not of us. Here comes the warfare. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crossed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the, the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't stop there. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. And it goes on and goes. It gives a contrast. The answer. The picture you get. Chapter 4. In chapter, same, uh, sorry. No, no, they're, they're oh, trying to get the right uh, okay. the words on for everybody It goes, online. I don't want to, it's, it's, it's a beautiful chapter if you just take some time and just walk okay, around. Can, yeah, we're just going to catch up with you, Eddie, because that's, that's powerful. Did you okay. hear that? Evan Roberts, that was a young man who said, bend our hearts, bend our hearts. And he impacted the whole Welsh revival. And then Second Second Corinthians, you started at four six, which is the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. But then we carry that treasure in an earthen vessel, and we're under the pressure that life is pushing against us. And that's right where you are in it, because it's um, we want to all hear that. But yes. please finish up, because then we want to receive that. You mind standing? I just want to pray that over me and all of us, please. Lord Jesus, we gaze at you, Lord, at the right hand of the Father, our high priest. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. The treasure you put in us, every single man here, remains because you put in us. Greater is he that in us and he that is in the world. Mm -hmm. yes. Come, Lord Jesus, bring revival to this place. Yes, Bend us, Lord Jesus. Bend us. Amen. 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 Thank you, Eddie. Amen. Praise God. I receive that. That's fourth confirmation for me. You be seated. Someone else. We've got room for a couple more. We'd love to. These are impacting what God's doing in you, with you, with prayer and scriptures. Ken, I see you getting up. Thank you, Eddie, Mike. Uh, I don't know what to share other than just a moment ago. Yeah. We as you all know, we are definitely in, in uh, spiritual warfare, and darkness is becoming very, very dark out there. However, God has deposited his son in us. If I can say that word loosely. He's being formed in us. Christ is being formed in each of you. 
as men, and you're in a position, you're in a posture, you're in a station where God's placed you divinely, sovereignly. You may not know that. You may not believe it. You may be even praying, God, help, get me out of here. I don't want to be here. As like, such as Paul and Silas, though, they found themselves beaten, in prison, in shackles, but they begin to praise God. Yeah. They begin to lift up their voice and say, Hallelujah, Lord. We're, we're just exactly where you want us. We praise you. I remember in recent times just walking in my prayer time as a testimony, feeling just the heaviness, just the, like I'm praying, I'm praying in tongues, I'm going in an hour, past an hour, but I'm still feeling like, what's going on here? I'm just, I don't have that joy or that sense of breakthrough. And then I remember the Lord saying, you need to stand and rebuke the devil. And, and just now I was reminded of Jesus being in the wilderness 40 days. And uh, he's being tested. Just prior to that, God himself said, you are my son. And what's being contended on is, am I in God's family? Am I his son? Do I to perform? Do I need to earn? Do I need to come to a place of, of uh, credit? <laughs> or or uh, No, it's all, you're, we're accepted in Christ. We're his beloved. And in that place, Jesus, when he was confronted and said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And then that's the place where we can find ourselves contended for. Is, what I mean by that is, do we live for ourselves? Do I use my ministry to promote me, to gain a better life, to make my life best on earth? Or do I say, no, <laughs> I'm there to live for God, and by his bread alone, I'll live. And I'll not turn something in to make my life comfortable or for pleasure to escape my challenges. Yeah. In fact, I'll walk through them. And I'll find that the dying of Christ will bring forth the very resurrection of Christ in me. But we get it in the sense of saying, no, okay, I'll stone turn into bread in Jesus' name. Yeah. <laughs> and God's like, son, what are you doing? <laughs> turn it around and say, devil, get out of here in the name of Jesus. I'm here for God and him alone. I'll serve Jesus and no one other, not even my own. I'll not live for me, I'll live for him. Amen. For I've been dead, I've been crucified. It's no longer I that lives, it's Christ living in me. And if I'm living in him and he's living in me, what business do I do? What business do I have to live in this world? We're engaged in warfare. No one enlisted in, as a soldier entangles himself with the affairs of this world. We're farmers, we gotta be out in the fields. And I'm preaching to myself, brothers. <laughs> because I've been holding back from setting my hands on the plow and I'm afraid at times, like, dear God, the devils are big and it's dark and no one worships you and I'm only, I'm alone and I'm the only one left. And the Lord's like, 
Oh man, relax. There's a lot. I've got 7,000 others that are on their faces crying out for my harvest to send laborers. So put your hands back on the plow. Get into the fields because there's a world out there that doesn't know their left hand from their right and they're crying out for some truth. And we have been called to bear witness to the truth. Like, let us pray if we might. Stand together, men. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry for going too, <clears throat> too no, strong, no, Father, but I, I, I preach you, Jesus, Jesus, and you crucified. I preach your death because it's in the cross that we're, we overcome and you're glorified. Yes. We're as, as your servants, Lord sent to bear witness to your death, resurrection, and glorified place in heaven. You are the Lord of lords and King of kings, and I pray, God, that you call us and anoint us now as your sons, as your servants, to go forth in your name and not be, and not be afraid, and not go about looking at how to turn a stone into bread, but to go about rebuking the devil where we find him and telling him, go, get out, be gone. And so, spirit of heaviness, in the name of Jesus, I command you to get out and go and be gone. Get off of God's men, in the name of Jesus. Depression, terror, oppression, fear, go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. We break out, we break forth, we declare, Jesus, you are Lord, God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to you, God. Here we are, Lord. We're your men. Bring us forth. Bring us in your name for your glory to declare your beauty in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Another testimony. I think we got room for at least one more. Come on up, come on up, yeah, please. Yeah. My name is JT, and uh, I'm a guest, and uh, this man right here has been so instrumental in my life. So I feel like I need to share. I'm the prodigal of the prodigals. And um, if you knew my story, you would have walked on the other street from me many times. And I'm a veteran, so thank you. But what God has showed me is that he brings us through seasons. And our, our hardest season isn't what defines us. But we want to get comfortable and we'll stay in that season. So if you would asked me a year ago, I'd have said, I've been a drug dealer. I've been a taker of life. I've been a liar, stealer, and a cheater. And God's so good, and he's working through me. And that's the story I would have told you. But as I sit up here today, that chapter is done. And God has brought me into a new season. And it was hard for me to accept it. Because it took me through a season of depression and anxiety and suicide. I'm a father and a husband and a leader and a brother. And what God told me is, 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 and I don't speak to God, but what God put on my heart was, it comes down to humility. Without humility, there is no intimacy with God. Because we'll say, to be humble Christians, it's not about me. 
but yet that's still narcissism. Humble humility isn't about being less. It's about being less about you and more about God. And when I started telling a story and starting with God first and not my troubles first, God flipped the switch on me. And it took me to another level. And it opened my eyes to something God has been trying to show me for a long time. That I went from being a prodigal to being someone in ministry that I could witness to those in everything that I do. Even in my brokenness. Ministry is not about always being the good to share, but ministering to those who are the broken. And there is a different type of anointing on this church. I've never been in here before. And just the spirit of men of God openly worshiping and being silly for Jesus and literally sharing and being humble. Thank you for being men of God. Thank you for inviting me today. Thank you, True, for being my brother. Thank you for being men of God and what you're going to do in your ministry. And if you would allow me, I would love to pray over you for humility and strength as you witness to those in your life. Yes. Dear God, we thank you so much for your glory, God. We thank you so much for humbleness. We thank you for brokenness. We thank you for trials and troubles, God. I thank you. Thank you for, for bringing these seasons to us, God. Let us not focus so much on the troubles, but let us focus on the process where you're bringing us, God. God, I speak strength over each and every man here in your name. I speak peace. I speak safety. I speak power in the name of Jesus because you see we have that power. We are not broken, and that's our story. We are glorious because you have given us the ability to speak your name and be that reflection. Your greatest commandment, God, was to do everything in love. Let us be men of many different variations in this house, but let us have one theme, and that is love. And let those see that out there and then want to be in love with you, God. I speak humility over each and every person here. It's not about being less because we are not less. It's about being less about us and more about you. God, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for someone like me, for someone like each and every one in here, God. Thank you for making me the prodigal. Let other prodigals see this prodigal and be a witness to that. I love you, God. I love each and every one of you in your almighty name, God. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Brian? Yeah, I think that's a good transition. Have a seat, Fliss. Good morning, man. Wow, I loved hearing those testimonies. You know. So, I, you know, it's... Ed Cole, he's the father of probably the modern-day men's movement. And years and years ago, when I say years ago, I mean back in the 80s. He probably said it in the 70s, somewhere in the early 80s. You know, I remember Ed Cole came to, to the church, and, and he said these simple words. And, and for the longest time, they just, they've just kind of been words, Okay. And Ed Cole used to say, you become intimate with those you pray with. 
right? Those you pray for and to whom you pray to. And those, and that's a, you know, if you just take that in its simple context, it's, it's a really good saying and it's something you can live by. But over the past couple of years, as we, and I'll say me, I'm not going to say you, I know, I can tell from around here, I can tell you guys have been, have been, been holding these truths as men of inheritance. I can tell. I mean, you can, you can hear it in the testimonies of, of, what's, of what God's doing in this house and our men, and in, in all those watching, I mean, see, the cool thing about it is, is we're in this house, but there's a whole group of men out there that probably watching us today that are following the same truths, who don't, who aren't going to show up, and they didn't, they didn't get the breakfast this morning. They had to make their own, right? Well, they, you know, were nice enough to just check in without it, but so these, these things, I mean, I'll, I'll be straight honest. I remember when Pastor first started talking about it and saying, oh, I, every man praying one hour a day, five days a week. And I remember saying, well, but I, 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 I pray an hour a day. So what, why, would I, why, would I do, why, would I, why would I change what I'm doing to do something that someone says to do? Right, but again, I'm, that 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 Ed Cole came to me and it said, it said you become intimate with those whom you pray for, whom you pray with. See, we're we're growing together as men, even though we may not all get together and pray, but because we're praying an hour a day, five days a week, out of a out of a place to say, God, I'm, I'm going to be submitted to the word that's over me, to the things that you've given and said to me. I'm going to do it like, like Kenny was saying. You know, it's not about me. I'm sorry, it's not about me. I don't get a choice. <laughs> so you, so you just kind of start off and say, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna humble myself and I'm gonna listen and, and okay, five days a week, one hour a day, you know, I'm gonna submit to this word over me, okay. But in the midst of that, I was, get, I, I ordered a book online. Because I had, to, I had to change how, I, first I had to change how I was praying. And I'll be honest, I think somebody said, I don't know if it was Ken or could have been, I think it was Mike. My prayer life used to be real, for the lack of other words, real shallow. I would come to God with a shopping list of things he needed to do. A honey-do list, you know. And they're all good things, all scriptural things, but they were all things I was waiting for him to do so that I could check them off my list. I know you guys don't pray that way. I'm, I'm telling you about me, you know. So, so if, if, a, if a little light affliction came into my life, if a little testing, and, and I don't like the word affliction or testing or trial or trouble. I, I like the word pressure. How many have a little pressure in your life? How many have a lot of pressure in your life? Okay? Those things that put pressure on you aren't there. James says, when, when you've been 
when, when you're under pressure, testing, trial, tribulation, trouble, right? Don't say that it's God. So I'm not saying it's God, right? It's not God. But we all know when we get under pressure, you know, I don't know about you. When I get under pressure, I get quiet. I go here. Try to figure out how to get out from under the thing that I'm under. I know you don't do that. But that's, that's my MO. You ask my wife, a little pressure comes, I get quiet. Little circumstance, something gets thrown in, you know, and all of a sudden, I clam up. I get quiet. I start to go here and think it out. Try to, how, how are we going to fix? What are we going to do? What do we need? How much is it going to cost? What's it going to do? You're not, okay? So for me to keep coming to Jesus in this place of, oh, here, you take this. I can't handle it. You got it. You, I need this, 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 and this. That's not prayer. I know, yes, there's, there's supplications before him, but there's a different heart attitude in a supplication before God than a checklist or, or that. And, if, and again, I'll just be real honest. If, if we're in this relationship for intimacy, if we're in this place for he's the, he's the bridegroom and I'm the bride, right, then we can't, we can't, how would, how would any of us feel if the only communication we received from our wives was the shopping list or the honeydew list? Okay. Right? There's more to, that, there's more to intimacy than just getting stuff done. Okay. There's more than intimacy than getting stuff done. So a couple of years after sitting in that place, a couple of years ago, in the midst of it, I just, I, I, I had an email come across my desk, had it, and I was, I was reading it, and it was a, uh, an author who was, who was pushing a book, and I just saw the book, and it just immediately, my heart jumped. And, I, and, and the book is just, it's just a book of, of all scripture. It's every scripture about being in Christ or in him, okay? And so, I, 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 just, I don't know what it was that day. I just, I am, I, and, I, and I'm the worst. I, I'm very technical, but I was like, I had to go figure out how to buy this book. So I got this book, and I just started, it started changing the way I was praying because I wasn't coming like, hey, I need this, you know? I mean, let's be real. He, he, he knows me. He knows you. He knows right now before you even, what's going to happen today for you, what happened yesterday, and he knows what you need before you do. And he's good, and he's working out for every one of us to receive those things. But we get, and I'll use me, I get afraid. You know, Pastor, you said it, probably when we were reading Psalms, you just said, you read that, that verse, and I, now I don't even remember where it is, but it doesn't matter. But you said, when I am afraid, I will trust in you, King David. So I just started saying, God, I'm not, I'm not going to bring you anything that comes out of my fear. I'm just, I'm just going to trust you in this. 
you have need. If I have need, you know it before I do. So I started looking at my prayer. I started coming to him then in a place of in Jesus. I'm really, Jesus, if, if this is truth, then I am in you. And you know everything I need. So I'm not going to have to come and tell you all this. Right? Then pastor started adding to that. He said things like, bring your believing heart. So we come, we pray for an hour, and we, we communicate with him. He says, bring your believing heart. And I had to tell myself, do I, do I have a, what am I believing? What am I, what, what is the, what is the place of my life that I'm believing for something inside of Jesus? Because I can't bring a believing heart if I am not believing. Right? Okay, that's all, I'll, I'll move on. I'm getting the... So I had to start saying, okay, if, if, what is the thing that I'm believing? What scriptures? So I remember we would, we would, we would do testimonies on Wednesday night, and we still do, but at the beginning it was, it was what is, we, we would bring that, and we would say it, and I had to start saying, God, what, what scripture, what thing, what are you talking to me about that I'm holding a place of belief about? Because it's not like, it's not like, I mean, back in the, back in the, in the days, in the 80s, we used to believe for stuff. That was our belief, right? Now, okay, you guys are all a lot younger than me, and, and you don't remember what the 80s were like, right? Name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. It just was everything. You know, I was believing for a car that I couldn't even afford the insurance for. It didn't matter, right? Right? And again, I'm... It, I'm I, I believe in confession. I'm going to talk about what you say, you, what you say, and how it affects who you are. But so I started, started saying, God, what are the what are the what are the things I'm believing for? And God just God started just sharing. He shared one scripture, and I've probably been on the, I, every time I go back to talk to God. If I'm in a place of my fear or my doubt, and I try to come to Him and try to try to get, as Kenny said, get out of the situation. I need to get out of this. I'm not in control. I need to get out of it. Sorry, I said the control word. I'm a, I am a control freak. <laughs> okay, just, I can be honest. I like everything in control. And God's just been t telling me, oh, do you? Let's, let's work on that, son, because I want to let you know you're not in control, which has been a great freedom to come to, but it's a, it's a, it's a rotten journey to have to let go of things. So I asked him, what am I believing? And so for more than two years since we first started this, right after it, God gave me Second uh, Corinthians four seventeen and eighteen, and Eddie, I, I'm, I've so washed over that part about this, that we carry, we are this earthen vessel, we are this broken thing, this thing that has is does not really even have the ability to carry the substance, but yet God gives is giving us as a light, 
right? He's pouring out it as a light. He's coming at it as, as the power of God in it. So I so agree with where you are at. But at 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18, this light affliction is but for a moment, but it produces, it produces in me a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While I do not look at the things that are seen, but I look at the things that are unseen because the seen is temporary, but yet the unseen is eternal. Okay? So for two years, I find myself in this one place, one place. Every time I'd go to him and I'd start off and I'd get in fear, he'd just remind me. Wait, where, where are you looking? Where are you looking? Are you, are you, are you looking here? If you're looking here, you're out of control. You're out of control. You can't, you can't control. Let, let, me, let me, I'll just be real honest. You know what? I can't control what President Biden does or what our Governor Newsom chooses to do. I can't control what my kids do. Right? I can't. So, but when, when, their, when their actions impede on my control issues, right? That's really what it is. I get afraid. And when I'm afraid, I want to trust in God. But most of the time, if I'm looking here, I just freak out, right? I get double-minded. I want to, I want to serve the Lord. I want to hear what is his voice, but I'm not humble. I'm in pride. I think I can do it myself. I'm a cracked vessel trying to hold on to the, the substance from, that, I, that I have, the gifts and the talents, and I'm trying to achieve something, and yet I can't do anything with it, right? And so when I get afraid, then I try to control. And when I get in control, God looks and says, you got this? If you got it, you don't need me, right? You don't need me. I'll, I'll wait, right? Because God, God resists the proud. He resists the proud. He just puts his hand out. He says, I'll keep you right there. You're at arm's length. There's no intimacy in pride. Right? He's just holding you at bay. When you're done, just like we did with our kids when they were little, right? If you're going to throw this temper tantrum, if you got this, go to your room. When you're done, we can talk. Now, you guys didn't do that. I, wait, so we did. <laughs> this time's, I, I know I felt God say, go to your room. We'll talk when you're done. Right? When, we're, when you're done, come. Because he has to. He can't be around pride. But yet when, they, when there's humility, then God, God says, oh, I give more grace. Anybody want more grace today? Just go humble. Right? So I would, pastor then starts saying, oh, we're going to believe. We're going to bring our believing heart and our confessing mouth. And I said, God, what am I, what, what am I, what are we, what am I saying? Right? 
because they go together, right? If you have, if I mean, if you have, if you have faith without a corresponding work, then James says you don't really have faith. You can't. You, there's no substance to it, right? So if I have believing, but yet I don't activate my mouth to what I'm believing, then there's no. It's not complete. I'm, I'll even question that I'm, am I really believing if I'm not saying, right? I found this great scripture. It's, um, it's, it's in 2 Corinthians 4. Of course it is, right? Because <laughs> when God's got you stuck in a spot, you find everything that's in there, right? Verse 13 says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, Right? According to what, what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. See, I, I just, so I had to come to this conclusion that I can bring my believing heart, but if I'm not saying something, then I'm probably not believing. I'm just, I'm just, cause, because faith, believing, is, has an action to it has to have something that you're doing and because we can't produce it then it has to it's it's a voice activated it's something we say so I just started saying so I, I took that scripture second Corinthians 4 17 and 18 and every time I got into a place of fear I said okay God I'm gonna stop looking at the things I see my corresponding action right now is I'm gonna bring this place of out of out out from from the scene I'm gonna bring it right back into the place where you are in the unseen and I'm going to talk to you about that place, that moment, right now. Whether that's on the freeway or whether that's in the, in the garage or whether it's in the front row of church. Doesn't matter. Because, because Romans 10, 9, and 10 says that if I confess with my mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead... See, there's an action to that, right? There's a, it's, it's because I believe, I confess. It's, and then it says that if, if, if you do confess, right? Let me get this part right because I always mess this one up. For with the heart one believes to, unto righteousness, and with the mouth one confesses, confesses uh, to, to make unto salvation. So... So there's a, there's a goal of the confession, right? The, the believing is what opens the heart, but it's the confession that brings you into the end goal, which is salvation, right? So for me, I started saying, okay, God, so now what, 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 I, what I hear you saying in this is that you want to activate me to what I'm saying. And so I have to now listen to what you're saying to hear what you're saying, and then I'll say what you're saying. And you know what? The, the only thing I can say about that is it takes time. I want it to be now. Not that I want the end result. Of course, we all want the end result now, if we're honest. Right? We want, we want suddenlies to be sudden. We don't want them to take two long years, like Joseph, right? We all want them immediately. We all do what we can. We all tell the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the barista, anybody we can our problem so that they can get us out of it. But God says, nope, 
little more patience, a little more time, still in pride. I'm going to resist you a little longer. I'm going to put my hand out. I'm going to wait in this spot. You can, if, if you're going to still hold that temper tantrum, if you're going to still think you got it, then I'm going to keep you at arm's length. But the minute you come, you come in your humility, and every morning I come and I come back to him. And I release all the stuff, right? And I come humbly before him and say, I don't got it. I don't got it. You say I got it, but I don't got it. Because if I had it, I wouldn't have done this, 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 and this. I wouldn't have acted out out of my fear and control. I would have acted out of the place of faith, which then starts to say. So there's a, it takes time because every time you encounter you in the midst of following him, right? At least me. Every time I find me while I'm serving him, he then he brings me back to his word and shows me who I am. And that's the next part. Scripture reading. Remember when Pastor first started that, I was like, wow, this is really going to be good. But you know what? There's, a, there's such a... I read the Bible. We all read the Bible. And I remember the night Pastor said, I think it was on a Wednesday night, he said, he said yeah, I read the Bible, but I read what I want to read. There's stuff that I don't want to read. There's stuff that every time I read it, it convicts my soul. Anybody got scripture that they know that right now you can't, you you avoid you read it but you read over it, <laughs> right? You don't stop and then, you know you don't pick it apart, right? You just read over it. You guys don't have that. I'm just that's me. The scriptures I go oh I don't want to stay out of there because if I read that then I'm that's gonna probably be like. I'm going to have to, there's, a, there's going to be a corresponding action that I'm not really willing to take right now. Right? So pastor starts saying that about scripture, and I'm like, oh, God, I, I read the Bible. Why would I have to read it? Why do I have to read it? Why do we have to read five psalms a day? I don't really want to read psalms. Right? But I go, okay, so I'm going to submit. See, submission, you submit. See, sometimes in life, God just wants to get you to submit. So he'll have you submit in this place, in the realm of the earthly place. Because see, men, we're good at submitting to those in authority over us. Right? We understand. Yes, Mike, uh, these, uh, Ken, anybody who's been in the military, what's the first thing they tell you? They shave your head, they get you, they, they make you look like the guy next to you, they make they put clothes on you so you you look like the guy next to you, and then the next thing they tell you is they give you get to meet somebody who doesn't look like you and no longer, and yet he's gonna be the one to tell you to do stuff that you don't want to do, so that you'll go ahead and have to do it, so they can see if you'll submit to the process of of doing it. Boot camp. Right? It's the first thing they want. That's all they want. So men, we're used to that. We, everybody has a boss, right? Everybody has a boss. So I got to do what my boss says, even if my boss doesn't know what he's doing. I'm not talking about my boss. I'm talking about your boss. There's a lot of things my boss and I, that he doesn't know that I know, and he knows he doesn't know, and I know he doesn't know. That's okay. Right? But, there's a, but, but, but sometimes God puts you in a place on this earthly realm puts a little pressure on the deadline that so that you'll have to submit to something that you know might not work. Right? So that you learn submission. 
But see, we got to learn submission to him. So all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, so I'll read Psalms five days a week. I'll read a Psalm five, five Psalms a day till we get through it. And then we, we didn't know when we started that we were going to go into the Gospels. And then the Gospels led us to the, the birth of the church. Then the birth of the church now into the maturing of the church and the glorification of the church is coming. You know, by the time we hit middle of August, end of August, we're going to have read the, together. All of us who have submitted to the process of reading aloud these scriptures have going to read together five days a week. I mean, are going to have read the entire New Testament together. And I don't know if you realize how powerful just reading some scripture that may not be what you want to read because God has just worked me over with the scripture. Worked me over. Right? I mean, I remember when I was reading Colossians and I got to Colossians 3 and it says, set your mind on things above where I am in heaven. Set your mind there. I said, God, I have to set my mind where you are. So now I have to kind of consider what does that look like? Because I can't, I don't know about you, if I, I need to, I have to, I have to work at taking myself out of my analytical mindset, which on earth in a lot of places does really good for me, right? So I can't, I can't discount it, but to be able to now say, God, I'm going to set it where you are. I'm going to imagine what that looks like. And, I'm, and not only am I just going to imagine it, now I'm going to actually have to start using my mouth, right? Because it's one thing to believe that I'm setting my mind in heaven, right, where he is, right? But now I have to, I have to put words to it. I have to actually engage my mouth because, then I, because now I'm confessing, which means I'm going to actually receive the end of it, which is salvation, or that's going to be the connection, the intimacy, Right? So I'm having to now buy your scriptures. I want I want to be I want to be known by your scripture. I want I want these words, these simple words that, that we've that we've all read hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. I want them today, as I'm reading them, I want them to I want this word to have an effect on me. Because if it doesn't have an effect on me, is it having is it doing anything other than just reading? So I, I can read my grandkids a bedtime story and it can be great and they can, they can, they can, they can, there's an effect because they fall asleep. I can read scripture, but if it doesn't have an effect, if it doesn't touch, if it doesn't engage with who I am at that point, in that moment, then is it, is it, am I, am I really getting the living word? It's just a book, right? It's just words. So Hebrews 4 12 and 13. We all know it. It's the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And yet it, it pierces. It pierces. So I keep saying, God, I want you to, I want your word to be living in me. I want it to be powerful in me today while I'm looking at these scriptures. I want it to pierce. I want it to pierce me. I want it to divide between me, between my joints and my marrow. I want you to be able to discern within me, my soul and my spirit. Because I, I, without your word, I don't know what's my soul. 
in my spirit. And I want it to be a discerner of my thoughts and my intentions of my heart. Man, that's a hard place. You start to, you start to pray that way, all of a sudden the word starts to, it'll, it'll have an effect because you've just opened the door and you've confessed with you. You're confessing it. You're putting it up before him. And then he showed me the next part. It said every, everything, every creature is, is not hidden. So you can't hide from the word. If you read it, I mean, you can read it, right? You can read over it and it'll have no effect. But if you're reading it and you're talking to him about it and you're letting him impact you, then there's no place, there's no place you can hide. There's nothing inside the thoughts and your intentions that you can hide from him. And they're all naked and left open. Okay, they're left naked and open before your eyes. And here's the cool part, and it says, and we must give an account. Now, again, being real analytical, I'm always thinking, what's the account? What's the account? Is there a spreadsheet? Is what I have to give an account? You know what that word account is? It's the same word logos. So we have to give an account. Every time God interjects himself into my life and pierces who I am and shows me who I am, I have to give back to him an account of who he is. See, he's showing me me. He's showing me. He's piercing my thoughts and the intentions of my heart. And all he wants back, he doesn't, he doesn't, he does, he's not looking for you to break and do that. What he's looking for you to do is to again come back and go, you, no, in this place, God, I'm sorry, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I, I've been looking at my checkbook or my investments or my 401k, and I've been there, and I forgot that you, you were the one who provides. You provide all my needs according to your, your riches that are found inside of glory where you are. You, right? He wants to hear an account back. He wants to hear the logos back to him. He doesn't want to, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't want me just to be broken because he showed me who I am. He wants me to realize that it's not me who was going to do it anyways. He wants me to come back and go, no, you did it. You did it. And you got it. And I hear God, I'm going to take myself out of control of this moment. And I'm going to give you control. I'm going to cast my cares on you because you care for me. Right? And I'm going to bring it back to you. I'm going to give that account back to you so that, so that I, with my mouth, now I'm now, now, I'm now hearing the word. I'm, I'm praying the, his word. I mean, intimacy and connection with him, right? I've come inside of Jesus, and I've now taken what he said. I'm abiding in him, and his word abides in me, and I can ask. I can ask, but I don't have to ask because he's already making an effect. His word's already cutting and piercing and coming to see who you really are, who I really am. And all he's wanting back is just an account. Give me an account. Bring my logos back. Don't bring your words back. I don't know where that scripture was. I remember a pastor said that at one point. He only want to hear what I got to say. <laughs> Father God knows that Jesus has done everything. It's complete. Right? And all he asks 
is that those of us who come to him in Jesus, right, he'll save to the uttermost. He's saving all who come to him, God the Father, through Jesus Christ or inside of Christ. He's saving them to the uttermost. I don't know where the uttermost is, but I know I'm not there. Right? And so I, I, I bring those words. I hold that place. And I just keep taking the whole thing. And it starts first with me, for me, is being submitted. Submitted to a process. And I know from hearing each of you guys give testimonies and knowing the process you're walking through and the pressure that your life's under, that you're doing the same thing. And I want to say, man, it's, it's, it is such a good, it has been such a fruitful practice for me because it's, it's, it's caused me to have to hold this, these, these practices, these truths, right? Okay, I got to pray. You know, I got to, I got to believe. I got to confess. I got to bring my confessing mouth back to what he's saying today can't bring yesterday's so I so I so I gotta come find his word I gotta hear it and it's all through the day I don't know about you I, I mean I start my day with these practices but sometimes in the middle of the day all of a sudden some thought will will grab me and you know that, that doesn't happen to you you once you pray everything's good the next 23 hours till you come back but for me all of a sudden somewhere in the day something will shift something will cause me to to again get afraid Right? And man, I can, I have a choice. I have a choice. I can either grab the steering wheel and take control and lead off under my gifts, my talents, and my strengths, which again are all God given, but I'm a cracked vessel. I can't hold the substance for the power of God has to be submitted to it so he can do it. So all of a sudden, I can either take control in the midst of it or I can or I can come back. And there's lots of times during the day that all of a sudden, what used to be maybe the next day, I'd realize, man, you were in fear here. You were in this place. You were in that. What usually happens when I'm first waking up. God's so gracious when he gives new mercy that all of a sudden I realize the things that I did did yesterday, you know, I realize and go, ooh, guess I shouldn't have acted that way. Guess I shouldn't have said that. Guess, whoa, I had a bad attitude there. I judged that thing or that person or that moment, right? That's usually, what I, that's usually when I know that God's pouring out new mercy on me for, because it took cover yesterday. But sometimes in the midst of the day, in the midst of it, all of a sudden I'll go, ooh, that's a, you're kind of being a little judgy here. And I'll go back and say, God, I'm sorry, I'm afraid. Obviously, I'm judging this circumstance, this moment, this, you know, it usually happens in the Costco line. You know, why can't these people work a little harder? All you have is one job. Bleep, 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 that's it. Right? I don't know. You guys are all much more patient than me. But usually, that's when I all of a sudden catch myself in some kind of judgment. Like, they're a... Right? And all of a sudden now, all of a sudden God's like, well, yeah, but I want to work in you today, a little patience. You know? Or you get in that line. Right? We've all gotten in it. It's the short line. 
but they got to change the cash register drawer. Got to shift over the employee, right? Then the new person's got to get up to speed. They've been on a break, so they need to be retrained. I don't know what it is, but, but it doesn't matter. I'm in the short line, and I'm thinking I'm out of here. You know, just I'll write the, che- I'll write the check for $200. Just get me out of here. Because Costco's the $200 store, right? <laughs> At least the $200 store. But God can grab you right in the midst of it. And I know he's been doing it for me, so I know he's doing it for you. I know, because you know what? He's no respecter of persons. He's not, he's not being kind to catch me in my, in my heart. You know? And so then I'll just return back to him and say, God, I'm sorry. You know what? I'm letting my eyes look at earthly things. I need to, I'm going to set my mind again up where you are. I'm going to take myself out of this moment. It's kind of cool to be in the middle of Costco pushing a cart waiting to get them to check you out and to be in heaven. To just go, God, I, you know what? You're good. You're good. You know what? A lot of times he doesn't change the how long I have to wait. He just changes me in the midst of it so that I can, I can do it. And it's not that I can endure it, but I can endure it joyfully because I'm, I'm with the one who's, who, who gives joy, the one who imparts it, the one who pours it in. So, guys, I, I don't want to... I, I could go on and on and on. But what, I wanna, what I'd like to pray for everybody here and for those watching online is that, is that we've submitted over our journey over the past couple of years to be men of inheritance. And I know when we started, at least me, I know when we started what I thought the inheritance was. I thought the end game was, right? But more and more I'm finding out the inheritance is Jesus. We're men who are totally, totally sold out. And not sold out like, yes, we can do it out of the strength of ourselves. Yes, let's get all together in a circle and ha, 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 ha. That's not your inheritance. Your inheritance is the one who in the midst of any circumstance, any place that God can put you in the next week, in the next month before we come back together, any place God can put you that he can then reach in and go, David, I need this from you. And see, we all want that. We all want God to be able to speak to us and we'll do it. But before he can speak to us and we'll do it, Right? That's what Jesus, Jesus didn't do anything of himself. He only did what he saw the Father do. He only said what he heard the Father say. And what, does anybody here not want that kind of relationship with him? I do. Everybody, all of us want it. Everybody here wants it. But you don't get that until he can come talk to you about the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. Until he can capture you at any moment until that's the relationship you're having. Because he, he let's be real, he won't, he won't give a loaded gun to someone who's not, who doesn't have the maturity in how to use it. So he's not going to pour out his power into your life to do signs, wonders, and miracles until he knows that you're mature. Right? And the maturity comes when you, can, when you can first deal with this guy. 
when every time you see the, every time you hear the judgments that the world is saying over on the news and that, you're not like, oh, that's for this group or for that place or for, no, when you can go, God, that's me. I need you to come and touch me there. I want you to touch my wayward heart. So if you want to receive, I'm going to pray. And please stand with me. And again, I only ask you to stand because I always think of it like this. Pastor always says, oh, it's a way to receive. But all of us know that none of us would wait and stand at the other end of the, stand, you know, 10 yards down the line from Tom Brady and we would sit in a chair and let him throw footballs at us like we could catch him. Right? None of us would. We'd all get ready in, a, in, a, in the position to catch. Right? And that's all we do. When, we, when I stand up, I say, God, I want to catch what you're giving right now. I want to receive everything that you're giving right now. So, Father, I thank you. Thank you for each and every man here and everyone who's watching online. And, Father, I thank you that today as we've, we've again, we've submitted ourselves to a journey to practice these truths, not because the truth is anything, these, these practices are anything, but, the, but the, the truth that's inside of them comes from you, and we want to receive more, Jesus. We don't want to, I don't want to be be full of me. I want to be full of you. And I ask you today by the power of the Holy Spirit to come and settle on each man. Settle right in the midst of the troubles, the trials, the circumstance, the pressure that they're in, Lord. Father, and that their eyes would be open and they would see. Not that they would see what, you, what, the, what the world is showing them, Lord, but they would see you in heavenly places. And that they would, Father, we would be able to. We would, out of our feebleness and our brokenness and our strength that only comes from you, we would be able then to give an account back to you, Jesus. So, Father, we receive the grace that comes from being submitted and humbled before you. Father, we're unable to do anything that you've given us to do. And we need you. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need, a, we need more of you to come and fill our lives, to touch us, to show us who we are, Father, and, to then, and then to forgive us the ability to then give an account back, to say back to you, your word, Father, and we receive it all today, Lord, from you by grace, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. We're, I'm just going to share a quick story, and then we're going home. I am just so amazed at what we've just been witnessing. Can you can you see the thread of truth and the Spirit of God speaking and what He's ex calling us into, what He's offering us, what He's doing in there? I mean, that's, that's just powerful. If you have anyone ever want to understand what is men's inheritance, what's the practice that we're engaged in to, to receive all that God wants for us, this would be a great message to point him to because it's just really brought into a simple place. My story is this, and a couple weeks ago, we uh, right after Father's Day, we took uh, two weeks off, Cammie and I, and we were just getting quiet, which was the first time we had done that just by ourselves. We'd been out for family gatherings, but this is just uh, the two of us, as much as we could. Uh, it was, you know, our desire just to be alone as much as we could, so we didn't even tell our kids we were on vacation, because otherwise we'd be, you know, targets for babysitting, which is, you know, I did the same, so it's all, all returns to me. Uh, but we were just 
having restful times, but you find yourself first resting into kind of stopping, and then you realize how much you've been moving, and all of the last two and a half, three years, the constant responding to this, to that, to find the Lord in it, and that. And so the real tiredness hit, you know, the adrenal glands stop working, and you start having to go back to rest instead of, you know, distress to get you going. And it was really good by the end. By the end, we were having, I've learned a lot. I'll tell you this, man, for any of you who might be getting a moment of break. When Kim and I were very young, we read a book by Archibald Hart. His book was called Addicted to Adrenaline. And in that story, he explains that when the, the adrenal gland is continually demanded upon to fight the flight, but not fighting nor flighting, it's just con keeping yourself going above the level of your, your natural re resource of sleep patterns, eating patterns, prayer patterns, that when you stop, you'll go into depression because your adrenal gland stops and immediately go, ah, how come I feel so loud? I was looking forward to this time. So, but we, under, we learned that when we were really little. I mean, really little meaning we probably only had three kids instead of the five that we'd end up with. So we knew that that was kind of be the first thing. So I'm used to that and I don't freak out. I try to just go, wow, I didn't know I was that bad off. Toward the end, I'm feeling pretty good. And I had a simple prayer and I thought it was a good prayer. I said, Lord, I want you, I want, I want you to do more and me do less. I, I don't want to get back right on to the level that, that I know I could step into because that's the level I stepped out of. I could step right. And I thought, oh, that's going to be cool. And so this week was the first week back, and I soon realized that he wasn't answering my prayer. And I thought, well, wait a minute. I asked you to do more, and I want to do less. And he said, well, you, uh, you, uh, I am. And I went, well, what do you mean you are? He said, I want to do more in you, and you do less in you. So I realized then, and that's where the word comes in, and you realize, oh, I was praying a right prayer, but I, did, I, had an, I had an expectancy of it being operated on the outside. When everything God does, he always does it on the inside first. Without it happening in the inside, it cannot happen on the outside. So then I realized, oh, so I don't resource myself as much. I let you be the one to take the lead. I want more of you in me and less of me in me. We heard that in every one of these testimonies. It's incredible. So waking up this, uh, so yesterday, we had our daughter with our oldest grandkids come over at uh, noon to go to the beach. We live right there at the beach. So we spent the day taking my oldest son out surfing, boogie boarding, Cammy's boogie boarding, I'm surfing, then we switch, she surfs, I boogie board. And that takes us to about four o'clock. And yet I'm listening, I'm learning to practice this Okay, Lord, you're in me. I want you to do more of what's around me than me do more of it. I want to step out of the control, let, let, let the fear, whatever, whatever I, you have given me to do, I'm, I'm good with doing it. It's joy. So we then got to our oldest son and our two youngest grandkids to babysit so they, he and his wife could go out for a birthday meal with some other friends at 5.30. And I'm just, okay, just saying we'll, you know, and Always nice when you live in an apartment, you, you have a, a laundry room where everybody else uses. And so it's not, it's almost a kind of a, that was, go to, we use their laundry, we, we wash our clothes at their house when we, uh, 
we, we babysit. It's kind of a trade. Anyway, got up this morning and was tired. I was, you know, up late, got up early, and I'm just praying. And the Lord just really, because we were talking about inheritance, and Brian, you just hit it again. Our inheritance is in Christ, in us. So I'm going, okay, this is great. We'll just see what you're going to do, how this unfolds, what are you doing today? And I've just been sitting here just like, like a father so happy to hear the, the sound of Jesus and the sons of God. I hear all of the testimonies, all of us speaking out of the same posture of yielding. So I'm driving and I'm expectant without having just, well, what are you going to do with this more of you and less of me? So I get out of the car and I meet Curtis in the parking lot. Curtis begins to tell me the testimony of what God's been doing with him in the, in the film industry and in his particular uh, job and in, la in the last uh, project he's been involved in. And he's been one who's just been letting Jesus live through him where he works. Just let him access those around him because that's where he's been placed, so this is the assignment. And God's been giving him, because of a willingness of heart, the eyes to see that literally he's there on assignment beyond the job he's doing. He's, he's there bringing the influence of Christ's kingdom. And then he's telling me the testimonies. I'm thinking, oh, this is so good. This is, this is what you're doing. You see, if the inheritance is in me and it's in Christ, Christ, in, and if you want a practical, practical place to, to enlarge this truth for yourself in personal prayer and meditation. Take the first chapter of Hebrews, of, of excuse me, Ephesians, and just pray, prayerfully read it out, meditate it, grow in it. And clearly you'll see from salvation to redemption, we come into inheritance. And it says, in Christ, we have an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So in Christ, I have an inheritance. I always want, well, what is my inheritance? And I've, you know, it's just really dawning on me. It's in Christ. <laughs> being in Christ is the inheritance because if, if I was to teach, I would go to Hebrews 1 and it says, uh, uh, God spoke in the times past to the fathers in various ways and to in the prophets but in these last days he spoke in his son whom he appointed heir of all things so he's the heir of everything so i'm in him and he's my inheritance and anyway it's 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 a great place to great place to meditate but you see that you're in christ you have an inheritance but it's according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will <laughs> so that means i don't even get to pick my inheritance which inheritance is one of the things that liberates you. I'll just think about uh, inheritance is about the future that is guaranteed so that you can live in the present without need. Inheritance is about I am in Christ and therefore whatever God is accomplishing in me is to be the way it is, the way I am. So I don't have to try, worry about changing anything except accepting Christ, receiving Christ letting him just manifest and find his way into this place that I'm in and touch and be there where I am. Like Brian said, we all know how, how we can be in our head and not in the moment. We can miss our kids growing up. We can disengage from our wife. We can be worrying over problems. 
but if we can just in Christ be where we are and let Christ affect where we are, it's just a very simple practice that Jesus lived in. And he is the heir of all things. And by an inheritance, he obtained a more excellent, you know, excellent name than the angels called a son, which we've all talked about today. So then I'm sitting in and I'm just enjoying a breakfast and my brother Kenny comes up and sits down and Ken's, and Ken's over next to us and Ken, Ken's talking about the fact that it's in prayer and reading it cannot, he can often get distracted immediately back into his thoughts and because of work and then he explains, well, you know, my work is I'm a building inspector. And I'm going, oh yeah, I wouldn't want that job for anything. I mean, that's you're probably, a lot of people give a lot of grief because they're, they're wanting to get, get, a, get away from this and you're, and he's going, yeah, and then I had to step up because I stepped away from the table to get some more eggs, came back, and Ken is sharing a story with my brother Kenny, and he's explaining that uh, I imagine, I'm, put, I'm putting words in your mouth, Ken, but I imagine he's saying, I was considering even another job, looking at maybe a possibility in another field. So I went to Santa Barbara, was offering, you know, you could work in their, in their jail and it's great pay, great benefits, and so they had this this uh, way in which you could fill out an application. What they want you to do is come and spend three hours in the jail, process the whole intake, the whole way out, just so you know. You and Ken, who has spent his life working in the jail, uh, juvenile justice, you know, is going. That was that's in Ventura County. He's saying that would be really effective. It would really be effective if we did that with everybody, because you find out, are you made for functioning inside that environment to, to take with that? And Ken shared the story about how he had, came out of it after three hours ago, okay, that's it, that's not the job for me. <laughs> and he understood that. So then I was saying, Ken, who'd retired and now is, on, you know, comes back in the contractual work there at the Ventura County Juvenile System, how he has an impact upon those uh, inmates because he understands who they are, he under, but more importantly understands who he is, and he's not trying to uh, control them or manipulate them, nor is he controlled by them or manipulated. So there's a real respect and a mutual, and he was just talking about, then he starts opening up about who, what God's doing with him there. And then all of a sudden it's dawning on me, I'm going, look, there it is. This is the second witness. It's, it's about letting your relationship with Jesus manifest where you've been placed to work and serve. It's not about getting out of something, it's letting Christ get out of you. But it's not about him getting out of you to change it, it just needs more of him, just more of him. So you see what I've been learning for the last four days, if I can get, if more of him was in me, then less of the stuff would bother me. Until later, until eventually, all of the stuff would have to surrender to him in a fashion that he wanted it surrendered, which is always a much more gracious, you know, ending. So I'm thinking, gosh, I'm just, I'm just listening to Campbell. That's a marvelous. He said, this is the center. If we, if we, we're the, I'm believing for the souls of Tarsus, the prodigals that are in that system right there that I'm watching over, that I speak to them about Christ to come into faith. Just three of them could change the whole Ventura County because they are, they're, they're the, the worst of the worst of that effect, you know, offenders, and they're all mostly gang associated. And so there's a whole network ready to be saved. I'm going, there it is again. 
there's another witness. And then Mike comes up and he's sharing his testimony. He had a plan and it's a good plan and it was a God plan that he wanted, or at least he had heard God and he made a plan for God. It's usually how it works, right? You hear God, then you go, oh, I understand what you mean. And you go right ahead. But now his whole world's been turned upside down. And yet, it could, have been the, it could have been the dismantling of faith, but instead it's turned into a rediscovery of faith, or a better, to another level of faith, out of the faith that's kind of you know, supported by the system of thought, and now it's one about encountering truth, discovery, and to the point of family encounters with Jesus restoration, you know, healing, miracle. I mean, so I go, there's another witness. It's, it's like everywhere I'm looking at all of you, this whole friends, this whole, the older, the younger, in us is Christ, the hope of glory. In us is Christ, the hope of glory. In us in each one individually so we can't you know say that where I am Christ cannot be glorified there or what I'm stuck doing Christ cannot be seen here because Christ is in me and if you put me here Christ is here for the hope of glory and I just want to close by acknowledging that and giving space. The reason we're taking the time to pray and to be in his word, to bring a believing heart, confessing mouth, because if I'm believing, I need to be speaking. Let the Holy Spirit have access so there's true movement of spirit and let the word of God have the, be, the, be my script that I'm learning and living in and practicing and re rehearsing back and just doing that again and again and again. It's to learn how the kingdom of God operates and how the king thinks. And then to let the king start to rule and let the kingdom start to manifest. And that's what Jesus did with his disciples. He said, go and tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. And we're the ones where you are today. You may not be working because you're retired and you may have grandkids. You may be alone wishing you had somebody that would remember you. It doesn't matter. You are where God has placed you on purpose for this hour. If you're all alone, you pray more. If you have way more things than you want to do, you find God in the midst of them, but you get up a little earlier to be with the Lord. Prayer is the key. Without prayer, we don't have, a, uh, we have yesterday's manna, and you all know what yesterday's manna looks like the day after. It stinks and it grows worms. So a gift from heaven, kept too long stinks and has worms in it because God knows that we'll keep the same manna 500 year old manna if it would simplify our day so he says no I'll have to make what was beautiful today ugly tomorrow so that you can let go like the testimony this time you have to walk away from the testimony that here's the testimony of my recovery being brought back into the kingdom now it is, here's the testimony of me learning sonship inside my father's house and having to confront some of the issues that made me run from my father's house and no understanding that it would never matter about the issues that always mattered about my father's love for me. And so I'm living in love and learning to love. And so it, I, it's, it's just a, it's, it's a Saul of Tarsus. 
he thought he had, would have a great ministry in Jerusalem. And the Lord said, get out of Jerusalem. He says, why? They knew I was a murderer of the Christians, and now I'm a believer. What a witness. He says, that's not a witness of who I am. That's a witness of my power to save, but it's not a witness of who I am. You have to go out in the desert for 14 years and be forgotten and learn who I am with the word and live in my spirit. Then you'll be able to understand what I saved you for. <laughs> so thank you, Jesus. So let's stand together. I believe the Lord Jesus wants to take authority or be given authority. That's better. To be given authority to become the more in us so that there would be less of us in responding to the world and the more of him having access to the world we're in. I believe that we are in the midst of a move of God that has begun. I believe Eddie's prayer, bend me, bringing back Evan Roberts. I believe the whole of the recognition that this is not about us, it's about Jesus and what he has accomplished and what he wants to do more in the midst of us. Holy Spirit, we just submit ourselves to your ministry, which is to reveal to us all that Jesus has received from the Father, which is everything, and announce to us all the things that are ours in Christ, that are Christ in us, to bring to our remembrance everything Jesus has said to us, to guide us, to truth, to show us things to come, to comfort us in the midst of afflictions, and to stand strong as a, one who walks with us closely. Never speaking of yourself, you always speak of Jesus, so that Jesus might be in all and in all, as we are his body. We submit to you, Jesus, again, like we will for the rest of our life every day. We return to you. Thank you for this meeting. I have been so impacted, so encouraged, and so expectant because of what you did here and are doing. But Lord, it doesn't stop here. Today's the day we just ask you now, take what you're doing, we give you access to work it in us, to work in us that salvation, to work in us that pleasure of your life in us to be the all-sufficient one in all the circumstances we're in. Lord, we will want to get out of where we are. We will complain about what we have to do, but you know that you won't let us out of where we are until we learn to praise you in everything we're doing. So, Lord, we uh, thank you. However long it takes, it doesn't take any, it's no time for you. But we do rejoice in what you're doing. And we do believe there is going to be testimony upon testimony. We agree that like in Kenny's going into work, that he that day will come, that he steps into, the, into a moment of meeting someone who's ready to give their life back to the Christ that they knew in their grandmother's church. And they turn from being the leader of rebellion to a submitted son who will lead many in the kingdom. We believe that's going to happen in Pascal in Santa Barbara as he leads worship and he leads the classicals and brings people out of musical, into music, out of, out of misery. And it's going to be a day of awakening. We believe it, Lord, in all of our lives. We do not imagine that because we have lack of influence externally that it limits your influence eternally. 
We believe that you're awakening prayer in some of the men here that will start to decree things. It will no longer be somebody fighting with willful, fighting with willful, fighting with others, fighting with others' thoughts, but just be one standing in agreement with the living Savior, the King, <laughs> saying, Oh, Lord, how glorious is your kingdom. I open my head, hands. I lift up my head. Come on in, King of glory. King of glory. Come into my family, my children, my grandchildren. Come into my city, King of glory. And I believe there are people who are going to have intimacies of God, the, the secrets of God spoken into their life. Don't tell anyone. I just want you to tell me. I want you to hear what I'm saying in heaven so you can say on earth what's being said in heaven. I want agreement. Just agree with me, would you? I want you to agree with me. I want you to agree what I spoke of Abraham and told him 430 years after this moment, you'll be a son. Uh, not a son now. It'll be a nation. And not a nation that grew up in this land, but was kept in captivity in the land of Egypt. And not a nation that was just kept in captivity and got to be released, but was released with a strong hand. And not just with a strong hand and just got to be free from slavery, but came out with the wealth and the riches of the Egyptians. And a nation will be spoiled and a nation born out of a nation in a day. And this, little, this man who had no children, but was already 75 years old, said... I believe. And though there would be a lot of lessons to learn and a lot of missteps in the process, it didn't matter. It's not about us. Amen. It's about the Son of the living God being glorified in the earth that he purchased and was given to him in his inheritance. The nations that are his inheritance, the ends of the earth that are your possession. So, Lord, I decree that the greatest honor of all is the life that we get to be with you. And the, the logos, the account, we get to return back to you. The account, the logos, the words you are speaking, we speak back to you. And we hold those fellowship. Jesus, I ask for the gift to come to all men and women online to receive the abundance of yourself in our, inside of us. More of you and less of me. We ask you, Jesus, we want more of you and less of me. Can we say that together? We want more of you and less of me. We want more of you and less of me. And so we pray this simple prayer because we see it throughout the book of Acts. We ask you once again, will you please fill me with the Holy Spirit? Fill me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Now, Lord, I ask a blessing to rest upon us as we go out this month and we go into where we are going to work out these truths in our hour of prayer and in the day we live. That there will be, again, remembrance by Holy Spirit back to the things we've heard today so we can return to the truth and find the, the comfort and the victory that's in that truth. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Hey, I got a, a, a prayer request for you, and then we'll I just... We are going to the scriptures, and if, you, if you'd like to join us, you can just pick up paper in the back, go online, and just read, start today. Don't try to get, go backwards. 
just start today and read today's verses. We're in Second Second uh, Corinthians, I believe, chapter nine and uh, Philippians four, uh, or that may be tomorrow. No, yeah, just something like that. Anyway, it's there, and you can put it in your phone. I download it, leave it in my notes, and then I can always find it when I want to read. And if you can't read, you can have it read to you in your Bible app. There are various versions that will have an audio, and I do that all the time because then I can hear five or six chapters in a drive. And I kind of just kind of overlap and continue to let it run over me. But in August, we're going to be finishing, and we're going to be in Revelation, and we're going to be in Hebrews. Revelation is the, the end game, and Hebrews is, the, is the, uh, re, the means for the end game to happen because of the maturity of the bride. So what I'd like your prayer in, and you would be a part, you'd help me, and we'll talk more about it. I w I'm thinking about taking next Saturday, next weeks next month's gathering which is the second saturday i believe it's going to be the 13th of uh august and and oh and and change and changing up the format and we want to talk about revelation and about the you know i thought at the end day at first i was thinking end times then i thought of last days then i was thinking day of the lord and this morning i felt like the lord said why don't we just gather for a day and call it, uh, I don't know what he, I think he called it the end game. Yeah. The end game, the wrap up, how he's going to bring about. And we might like meet in a, start in, elongate our day and make, invite the ladies and everybody and go from like nine to two, nine to three, I don't know, I haven't worked that out. And just, uh, just open up the expectancy the early church was born with an expectancy of the return of Christ. They grew and, and were able to do many things because they anticipated the return of the Lord. Now we are so close to the return of the Lord. What might that do if that expectancy we kicked in? And what is that expectancy? And how, does, how do we encourage one another and so forth? So would you pray with me on that? Because I really covet. I, I think everything God ever has doing in the last year and a half, he starts here. He starts here. That's why we have ladies sneak on the YouTube. I said one, just a dear sister, she was like, like feeling she'd sinned. She's saying, you know, I, I, I felt led to watch this, and, and I, I know it's for men, but there's like something that happens in, in the, with your men that isn't being, I can't hear it in the Sunday. And I go, I know what you mean. It's totally good. Totally good. So anyway, Lord, uh, you have an end game in store. It doesn't look, matter where we look like or what it looks like. It matters what you, what you already planned to do long before time began. Would you unlock those truths? We're going to be in them for a whole month. So would you, uh, if that would be good for us to behold and to invite and to host even the women, that we could be the host, have a gathering. We ask you to just shape that by the Spirit and by the Christ within us and by the scriptures before us. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just have your way with what you want to do in these last days, which is your end game, the glorious coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.